Welcome to Living Within the Sweet Spot with your host, Nikki Klegel. Have you been searching for that something within you? The one thing that is designed to bring abundance into your life? Are you not finding it yet? By partnering with God, you are sure to discover the key to living a happier and more fulfilling life. Now, here is Nikki Klegel. Hello, everyone. I am Nikki Klegel. I am so happy to be here with you guys on Living Life Within the Sweet Spot. I'd like to take a minute and let you know what this hour is going to be about. We're going to break into three different sections. The first section will always be a time where I reflect on a particular chapter in the book, and we will literally start at chapter one and work our way through. The second part is going to be this one-on-one live coaching for you guys to Come along with us on a journey and learn what you can from somebody who's walking to and through this process of really God partnering their life, finding themselves in a place of kind of health and wellness and abundance and finding life purpose. And that's really what the book, Awaking the Living Legacy, that we're going to be going through is all about and my coaching program. Something I want you guys to know is that if you would like free access to the first two chapters of my book, just head to my website. There's going to be links there right next to this. But for those of you maybe on a phone, it's NikkiKlegel.com. And that's how you can get to my website. All you're going to do is go under Work With Me and Free Resources. There's a bunch there, but one of them is two free chapters, the first two. It's N-I-C-C-I-E-K-L-I-E-G-L. I am so happy that you're here with me. You're going to see that when we go through this section of the book, we're always going to do it in the same way. There's six parts to the book. And those of you who are new listeners, I want you to understand what you're going to be getting. So the first, there's six parts. The first part is all about just partnering your life with God, knowing that you're His and He's yours, and all that that, that can offer to your life. The second part that we go through is going to be about self-esteem and self-love and really getting to a place where you feel yourself as perfectly imperfect and you're not hung up on any of those things anymore. You can confidently walk into this world and just navigate and it's going to make a difference in your life. The third part is where we're going to really look at your goal setting. So many life coaches. I don't even think I told you that. I am a life coach and a health coach, a spiritual coach. I'm also a registered nurse, but I coach my clients in a way that's very systematic. I am not a fan of coaches that immediately take you into your goals and haven't taken some time to get to know you and where your hangups are and really work through a great foundation first get you partnered with God, get you strong and confident, and then start working into your goals. So Wise Choices Works is where we do that. We really set up wise goals that are designed for you, who you are. And we know this because we just did all this work. Then the fourth part. The fourth part is called Mistakes Matter. You know, no matter how successful your goals are, we're living in an imperfect world. And even when we're partnered with God, we're going to have hangups and we need to know how to navigate through them. We can't fall apart and we can't get stuck in them if we use God. And I teach you in this section how to use God, that he will actually elevate us through our mishaps. And this is the awesome thing. I can't wait for us to get to that section. And then the fifth section, which is something I tacked on as I was coaching and realized that So many people were in great places with their faith, had great goals, were really doing great things, but something was always holding them back, and I didn't want that anymore. It made me mad to just see the footholds that would hold people back from greatness that God really has planned for them and wants for them and the purpose, the direction that their life is going on. So that is called Forgiveness Fulfilled, and we really look at past hurts that are really setting people back, keeping them back, and no more. And then the last part is a legacy for you, and this is where we walk through and really look at what you're going to do in the future now. You've gotten to this place when they've coached with me and when they're reading the book to this place where things are great and you're receiving receiving gifts and abundance from really living this God-partnered life. We do get abundance. We do get gifts for carrying out this and living godly. And so I want you to use those gifts wisely. I want you to multiply those gifts. And so that is what we're going to be doing during this first part. So I'm going to take a few minutes. 
I'm going to see that we, I've got someone here watching my time, and they're going to clue me in, but I, let's just get into this first chapter of the book and do what we can to get you um, up to par so that when Tina, who is our very first call-in person that we're going to be coaching live on, when she comes in, we're going to know what we're at. So the first section of the book, like I said, is called Partnering Your Life with God. It's called I Am His and He Is Mine, and it challenges us to question Do you know what your life purpose is? You know, I wonder sometimes what people think when they hear that. Like, do they just mean regular life purpose? I mean something deeper, something that truly moves you. When you know your life purpose, your God-given life purpose, it changes your world. Everything changes. Things no longer revolve around this world when we truly kind of take ourselves into this place with God, when we claim our seat, when we own our place, when we're claimed by God, all these things, then we're exposed to so much world, so much more than this world can offer. This is what I want for all of us, and this is what I want, and I know God wants for each and every one of you. In fact, He's already done it. So all of you listening right now, He has already set your plan in place. There are so many Bible verses that talk about how your place is already marked. Your steps are made before you were even born, and we'll get into all these, but I want you to know that He has handcrafted you and designed you with specific goals, specific gifts and talents to reach those goals. He loves us so much from the start and through eternity that it doesn't matter where we're at. It doesn't matter who we are, where we're, what we've done in the past. This, he's left us an inheritance because we are his chosen people. So, yes, that means for me and you, I want everyone to know it doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. It doesn't matter if you've been really rotten or if you've been super good. It doesn't matter. I mean, so many of us are in this place where we're just sort of living out our days and we don't understand just how much waits for us. Now, people sometimes wonder, like, what is this inheritance? And I think, you know, it's great for us to consider what this is, what these inheritances are, but it's more than just, yes, we get material possessions and we get to enjoy the pleasures and we get blessings in this world, and that's all great. But what I'm talking about is gifts that are far above what this world can offer. These are gifts like love. The ability to love and forgive, that can keep you moving in such a path, get you so much further than other people that get stuck in these footholds. The, the true, these are true gifts marked in the word, written word. So joy, regardless of your circumstance, joy is waiting for you. Joy for you to be able to um, transition through things that are difficult, the twists and turns of life, and you can still find joy amongst those. Peace. Peace is another one marked in the word that is waiting for you. Peace when your life is so overwhelming that it's taken a grip on you and you don't even know what else you can do. There is peace in that. These are gifts. These are things that honestly we can't buy. Self-control. Self-control in a world that is crumbling. People cannot, um, fighting, arguing about all kinds of things. And for us to be able to find control and, and self-control during that is awesome. Goodness is another one. Goodness, to be good to everyone. So this means people that really um, we're disappointed in. We're, we know that they're off track. We know that um, they're missing out. We, they're upsetting us, maybe being mean to us. We're able to find a way to be good to them. And the last one is gentleness and grace. I, I need to move through these, I know. But gentleness and grace. I mean, can you imagine anything more lovely, a way to get your point across, a way to um, carry out the duties and the passion and the purpose that God has for you in a way that's gracious so you don't push people down. You don't make people feel like things aren't, aren't going to, they're, they're off track. You just want to take them along with you. All these things are really, really exciting, and I want these things for you. The main point of Chapter 1 really is to reassure you that we are His, and you are His. He is ours, and He is yours. 
He really is. Think of 1 Peter 2.9. Basically, he is saying that you are his chosen people, and I want you to really know that. So think of how precious and innocent babies are. So I often, so when I'm coaching people, sometimes people come to me that have never opened a Bible. Sometimes people come to me that say, oh, I believe in God, but that other stuff I don't want to get into. Or they'll say, hey, listen, I only work out of the Old Testament. Stay away from the New Testament. Whatever. I I love people. I know that everybody is a child of God, and that is who I work with. The other things, you get to take and leave. I'm going to give you the option. The book is laid out in a way, each section is laid out in a way that we consider what the problems are that relate to that. We consider what the Word, the Bible says. We consider what the gifts are if we follow the word, and then you have choice. And so, yeah, I'll be walking through this in the way that my faith is, and you can take or leave some of it, but I want you to know that no matter what, you are God's chosen person. Wherever you're at in this world right now, it's perfect, and it's just about moving forward and stepping into this place. So one thing that we do at the start of things is that we always, Always look at where the person is at this current point. And I like to hear stories. Stories help. This is a way that we can get grace and understanding. I'm going to tell you a quick story. So what I want you to know is that when, okay, think about this story first. So let's say that you're at Walmart and you've got your two, four, six-year-old and you're a woman there and you're, you're trying to keep your kids happy and you go through the checkout line and there is a young checker, maybe 20, 30 years old, and she's so heavy and not very happy and looks quite miserable and you're wondering if your kids are misbehaving, you're trying to keep them in and you do that so hard. You try to get them to be good. You know how hard it is in the store. The next week you come back, same thing. You get in the same line. There's hardly anyone in there. It's shorter and you're like, I'm just going to go. And she's still so miserable. The next time you go back, same thing. And this time you try with all your might to cheer up and you tell the kids, let's be happy, let's whatever. And same thing. And then that night, you're sitting down, you're looking to your emails, and somebody inside of your Bible study says, hey, I, I want a prayer request for my sister. And she goes on to explain that, thank you for all your prayers, they worked so good. Her sister, husband, and children were in a car accident and died, and you're realizing the prayers were answered. She's evolving through that horrible, can you imagine anything more worse than that? She's evolving through that, but what's killing her is... She now has to work. He was the breadwinner. She's now working at Walmart. And every single time somebody comes through with their beautiful children, it kills her. Okay. So I want you to think about that. When we don't know stories, honestly, you get in that line and you think, why is that woman so crazy, crabby or crabby? And why is she miserable? And I want to avoid her. And all these things go through your mind, right? But when you know her story, it changes everything. This is what I want you to know, and this is why it's so important that we share our stories. And also, when I'm coaching with people, I get to know their story. Part of where they're at and why they're in the place that they currently are is because of their whole life and their whole stories, and that's what we need to know. God knows you wholly. That is why God is able to love you completely. We're sinful. We're human. We do our best. But as I'm going to be working with Tina after this break, you're going to see that we're going to hear her story, and we're going to get on board with where she is. What I want you to know, though, is that you, wherever you're at, at this point, you come along with us. Wherever you're at, it is just fine. I don't know all your stories. Feel free to call in at the end of the hour or for one of our next spots. When Tina leaves, I'll be coaching someone new. Feel free to do all that. I really just want... Um, you to come along in this journey, learn what you can, and know that I want to know your story. God already knows your story, and we're going to progress through this God-partnered living, and it will transform your life. It looks like we're getting ready to go to break, and I will talk to you with Tina. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. We give all we have to our work, pushing ourselves to be a success. We go the extra mile for our children, giving them every shot at life. 
We run from one activity to the next, rarely enjoying a meal together. And it's threatening our families, relationships, bodies, and our future. Author, coach, and speaker, Nikki Klegel, developed a proven process for navigating through this life with joy, success, and energy by partnering with God every step of the way. Nikki offers guidance for life purpose, positive self-esteem, successful goal setting, success after setbacks. Gaining forgiveness, freedom, and accepting abundance are attainable. This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to Nikki at NikkiKlegel.com. Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot. Hello, everyone. I'm glad you are back with us. And Tina, are you on the line? Yes, I am. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes. I'm glad that you're here. I'm going to take a minute, Tina, and I'm going to explain to everyone how it is that you're here. Let them get to know you a little bit, and then we'll keep progressing through this. But what I wanted you guys to understand is that when the show was coming about, I had sent an email blast out asking people if they would send send away somebody to me that would be wanting coaching and would be have, have enough guts really to get online and let people hear their story that takes a lot of lot of guts and makes you vulnerable so thank you Tina for that um, I want people to understand how it came that I chose you so when I would get names in or suggestions in something wasn't sitting right with me and it has to do with when you coach it's so important that there's this level of trust and sacred space that we have and I just knew, and I, if something wasn't sitting right, that whoever these people would be, I wouldn't have this starting out. So fortunate for me, Tina is somebody that I know and work with, and she's a lovely gal, and we have never coached, and she does have something that we can definitely use as a way to help her through a process, but also everyone listening, and I think that it's so honorable that Tina is letting us do this and letting you all walk on this journey with her. And another thing that is happening by this that I really want to thank Tina for is it's giving other people, all you listeners, an opportunity to get to know me a bit and trust me a bit so that when Tina is done and I need a new guest who wants to go through the coaching process, um, there is this level of trust. So even though you have millions of listeners, I want you to just Think of you and I together, Tina, and can you share a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so I was born and raised in Orange City, and um, basically ever since starting school, I was bullied for um, my red hair, and in middle school um, is when the South Park episode came out saying um, Ginger's supposedly have no souls and mm-hmm. for me that's when the bullying really became a nightmare mm-hmm. um, in high school I was I was bullied a lot especially um, by three girls in particular and it got to the point uh, where like simple things like going to the bathroom and participating in things like band got really hard, and even after getting uh, teachers and the principal involved, I had to, um, yeah, like, drop out of things like band and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so um, I graduated high school in 2012, and Mm -hmm. I thought it would stop then. I thought it was something that adults really don't do. And I decided to take a gap year off between high school and college. And um, during that time, I was working at a local pizza 
place, and I wasn't getting as many hours as I wanted to, so um, my mom suggested that I volunteer somewhere locally uh, just as a way of maybe getting my foot in the door to another job or just so I could meet new people since I'm such an introverted person. And Mm -hmm. I prayed about it for a while, and I felt like God was calling me to help out with my church's youth group. So I became a middle school um, youth leader, and Mm -hmm. at that time, our church got a new leader, and I began working with him. He was, I guess, kind of considered my boss or person who you would go to. And um, early on into our relationship, instead of calling me Tina, which is my name, he would call me things like Ginger, Carrot Top, Red. And those are names that I don't necessarily um, like because... Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was bullied so much in school. Mm-hmm. And um, then, like, I, I even had a s- sit-down conversation with him, telling him to stop nicely, but yeah. he he didn't. And so... Um, yeah. Yeah, and so, yeah, it was it was hard. And so I eventually... And the jokes kept on getting darker. He, mm-hmm. he was saying, like, gingers have no souls, and that's something that he definitely shouldn't be saying for the position that he's in, and he Mm -hmm. wasn't just doing this to me and my brother. He was doing it to another girl who had a close palate and another guy who was a little bit chubby, and so it, Mm -hmm. it got bad to the point where I had to go to his boss, and Mm -hmm. I thought, his boss would be on my side of the argument or um, Mm -hmm. tell me, like, God loves you or I'm here for you, Tina. But Mm -hmm. he was totally on this other guy's um, Mm -hmm. end of the argument. And so Mm -hmm. about a week later, um, after that meeting, I tried taking my life. It's the first and only time I've ever um, self-harmed myself, and Mm -hmm. I spent the next, like, two to three months um, going to the doctor, getting put on antidepressants, and Mm -hmm. um, going to counseling and stuff before Mm -hmm. college. Mm -hmm. So, So, yeah, I graduated in... 2016, and then I worked kind of various jobs, and now I'm starting a business called You're Not Invisible, which Mm -hmm. is a blog and a lifestyle brand. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. I I wanted to interrupt you like 10,000 times during all that, (laughs) but I just couldn't because I wanted to hear what you were saying next. Um, Okay. So it's interesting that when I asked for you to share a little bit about yourself, that that was the story. I mean, and you went straight to that, and it wasn't a lot about, oh, you know, maybe your upbringing or whatever. It was straight to the story, and I think that's significant for people to to understand and for me to be mindful of because when we have these sorts of things, they affect our whole life. They can almost become what what our life is about. And so I do have the privilege of knowing you a bit, and I see that, you know, you're already on such a road for joy and change, using that, starting to use that in a way to help other people's lives. But but I still want to get into some of these things. Are you feeling comfortable if I ask you a few questions? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. All right. So you did wonderful, by the way. You did a great job. That had to have been scary. Now a whole bunch of people know your story. But you know what, Tina? I think there's probably a whole bunch of people who have been in your place or one so similar. And so this is comforting, and I really appreciate you you sharing this. Um, a couple of things go go out to my mind, I guess, when, when I'm hearing your story. One is um, I love that this is sort of a local story because I have such a heart, and so do you, for all of the places around here, and um, and we don't want them to disregard your stories. For instance, our school system. 
a lot of school systems are dealing with this bullying right now and what they do with it. And their hands are tied in some ways and in other ways they aren't. And so we can trust that our school systems are doing the best they can. But when still there's gaps, it's kind of like, what are, what are we doing and what can we do to help us get through these times? So we're just going to trust that the schools are, you know, you and I kind of know our schools, so they, they are definitely, we hear all the time. But what about the moms and fathers and grandparents and children who are in these schools that are in the midst of all this? Was there things that you felt like, did you feel like you were in the wrong or did you feel like did something was wrong with you or did you feel like, no, it just hurt so bad. You knew that nothing was wrong with you. It just hurt so bad that you removed yourself from these other places. So you didn't have to experience it anymore. Or did you truly feel like there was something wrong with you? Um, well, I grew up in the church, so I always knew that God loved me and um, cared for me. But yeah, when you're told like a thousand times that you have no soul Mm -hmm. and you should get ready for hell like it really just kind of starts to eat at your self-worth and Mm -hmm. yeah it Mm -hmm. it was really hard and um, looking back now I probably really started to deal with my depression and anxiety probably when I was already a freshman in high school I, mm-hmm. But I always felt like something was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know what it was. And, like, in school and whenever I would ask, like, my parents or friends questions um, about, like, depression, they would say, oh, no, you're fine. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, that was mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good thing for you to bring up because I want to make sure that I don't say that to people. And I know I compliment you and I compliment all the people I'm coaching a lot because I'm so impressed with them. And when I see them in their places, I guess I see so much of their heart that I think they are good. And I, I want to give a little bit of honor to the places they've been at, even the bad places, because it is part of where they're at today. Um, We just don't want to live in them, right? And so I'm kind of curious, you know, when you say, no, I knew God loved me. A lot of people don't know that. And so that's really a benefit that you had. But yet then you also said, um, uh, when the world tells you, and I think I put the world in there. I think you just said when you hear over and over and over again that you're really not worth anything or whatever, that it eats at you. So I'm curious, you know, um, does how much of that has stuck with you, even now trying to be in public, try to step out in new ventures, try to um, just cope, like through college and things like that? How much of the, your past, that eating at you, has, has that taken a foothold? Could you maybe 1 through 10 rate it for me? So I know like where you say it affected my self-esteem and my confidence. Where would you say your confidence is right now today? Would you say it's at a one, like not very good, or a 10 and pretty darn good? Or where would you say? Um, I would say it's probably at a seven or eight now. Mm, That's that's really good. I still struggle with it. It's kind of hard because for a while, like since it happened at a church, I... Mm-hmm. I felt kind of like I didn't I didn't want to say anything for a while because mm-hmm. I didn't want that leader to get fired and I didn't know how easy it is to get um like kicked out of a church and yeah. so my story is pretty unique when it comes to that Mhm You know I'm glad you're bringing that up Tina too because um you know, we're churches, schools, um, work environments. They, they all have this. And this is part of life and living in this sinful world where people are going to circulate in and out of places. And, and, and we're not all good. <laughs> in fact, a lot of us are pretty crappy. And, um, and you're still at this church, aren't you? And I think that that's such a, um, amazing thing. Um, Sometimes people even have family members 
that are putting them in these bad places? And how is it that you've been able to, I don't know, um, compartmentalize or what is it that you've done to kind of keep yourself understanding that this act of this person is separate from the actual church? Um, well, honestly, like when I had that meeting with him and his boss, like, mm-hmm. um, I told him or that I forgave him, but honestly, then I don't think I truly forgave him then. It really mm-hmm. has taken me a few years to forgive him because mm-hmm. it really did cause me a lot of pain on so many different levels, but mm-hmm. As far as, like, getting back into um, church, I think community was a big part of what kept me at the church that I'm still at to this day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really so. good, Tina. Um, so when we, when we coach, I want everyone to understand that when, when I first meet with somebody, the very first call we make is really just somebody sharing with me their story, me helping them understand who I am, us tackling what I talked about in the first segment of the book, like looking at what it was that my coaching was going to offer. So we were going to walk through this place where you get really strong and partner with God. And you can hear from Tina's experience here that she's already getting really partnered with God and she is in a good church now. We know this person's no longer at that church, but, um, and, and good community. So she's already partnering and getting into that. Then we, when we have the self-esteem, so I love that we are going to tackle those, the remnants of, of things left over from this pain. Uh, honestly, they're going to be wiped away. I know just from you being an uh, employee that you're already, your self-esteem is already changing. I'm watching you. I can't wait to get around you every week. So, Tina, I know that that's going to grow in that next section of the book. We're going to tackle that. And then we're going to make a plan for you, and people will be able to walk through this journey with us. But part of this first time where we hear stories and we decide if we're going to work with each other or not, and we've both said yes, so it's fine, we kind of have a time where you share with us what your goal is. So if you're going to go through this journey where you really partner yourself deeply with God, like the Trinity, really using all three, where you look at your self-esteem, you make a good plan, you figure out how to make your mishaps be your places that raise you up because of God, and we really forgive some of those bad, tough places that are still hanging us up, and we step into the legacy that God's left for us. If you're going to do that, what are some goals for your life? What, right now, if you could say, I really wish I could get here, what would that be? Um, I would just say to, like, share my faith more publicly for the longest time, um, like, or, like, when I was bullied, um, I kind of learned that it was smarter to be quieter because, if I was quieter, the bullies would pick on me less. And so yeah. I didn't talk a lot, but now I'm realizing that I have a voice and mm-hmm. I should stand up for myself more and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, that's a really good one. And um, by sharing your story more, are you hoping that that does something? Um, yeah, maybe it will bring more speaking opportunities or more, yeah, just more opportunities for my business. Uh-huh. And tell, tell uh, the listeners your business again. Um, so I started You're Not Invisible as a blog in 2013. And at first I just started writing articles about myself, but then I began interviewing people and I realized that they have, you know, a voice too, and they're Mm -hmm. not visible. And Mm -hmm. for the longest time, I felt like God was calling to do something on top of that. I just didn't Mm -hmm. know what it was, Mm -hmm. and I didn't have a lot of funds. And it was kind of a blessing in disguise. My grandma, she died um, last November, and she left me with some money. And so um, I just... I decided since I've always loved fashion and like interior mm-hmm. design that I would start a lifestyle brand mm-hmm. um, on that top is, of the blog where I'll sell t-shirts, um, phone cases, pillows, and basically uh-huh. 
anything with the words, you're not invisible on it. I love that. I love that. I know that about you. I want everyone to know that we're wrapping up here. We have about 30 seconds is all, but we're going to bring Tina back next week and we'll really be going into some of these things. We are going to make it our passion that you can turn this kind of awful place. Um, yeah, you had to live through it, but it is going to already start to um, be fruitful and you're going to find a way to make a difference in not only your life because of this, but also the life of many others. And that's why I'm so happy you're going to do this with us. I cannot wait to see what comes of your goals and the progress you make. Okay, Tina? Okay, yeah. Thank uh, you so much. You, you bet. I've got an a assignment that I'm going to send your way. It's called The Doorway. Um, to your legacy. It's something everyone can get. So listeners, go ahead and head to my website. You go to um, work with me, down to free resources, drop down on the menu to free resources, and it's right there. You can all get it. And Tina, that's going to be your homework for this week. And we're just going to talk about where we've seen God work in our lives on this journey, the bad things, the good things, what he possibly has been doing in your life thus far to get you to this dream that he has set inside of you, okay? Okay. All right. Talk to you next time. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Everyone, please come back for the next session where we'll have some open calls. And I have a few emails that came in. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com We give all we have to our work, pushing ourselves to be a success. We go the extra mile for our children, giving them every shot at life. We run from one activity to the next, rarely enjoying a meal together. And it's threatening our families, relationships, bodies, and our future. Author, coach, and speaker, Nikki Klegel, developed a proven process for navigating through this life with joy, success, and energy by partnering with God every step of the way. Nikki offers guidance for life purpose, positive self-esteem, successful goal setting, success after setbacks, gaining forgiveness, freedom, and accepting abundance are attainable. This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to Nikki at NikkiKlegel.com. Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot. Hello, everyone. I am so glad you are still with us. And we do have three emails in. So relieved. And I want to go over some of those with you. So we have a Sarah who is asking, I'm just going to read it, asking about how to handle herself around her family. She explains that she's a new Christian and that her family thinks church is silly and unnecessary. She doesn't blame them, saying that her parents weren't raised in a family of faith and so that it's just very foreign to them. But that it does get hard for her to handle sometimes, and she finds conversations um, and advice that she gets from them that are so off track compared to what she knows with her new faith. How does she handle this so she doesn't push them away more and can keep the conversation going with opposing views? And I love this. Um, I hate that it's happening, but I love that you brought it up, and I, I for sure wanted to get to this question because I think a lot of people have this. You know, we we have to be gracious and mindful of everybody is in their own place. And although we ask maybe Christians and um, people who have a deep faith and follow God, you know, we maybe want people at the place we're at. And the only way we can do it is by 
being a good example. So I had a blog that came out, I don't know, I think it was around Christmas time with somebody asking almost the same thing. It was nervous because she knew, this woman knew that at Christmas, her family, that is all different um, kinds. I guess we have Republicans and Democrats and we have um, Christians and non-Christians and atheists, so just a mix of people. And she knew the conversation at the table could easily go south. And so I'm going to share with you a little bit about that blog, and I think it will really help, Sarah. So um, there, the problem I put in there, just like the book, I do it just like the book where you look at what the problem is, you consider what the word, the, the truth written in the Bible tells us, then we look at what the gift is if we follow it, and then we think about, okay, well, what's our choice? So the problem was that same thing. Over the holidays, she'd be around a bunch of different folks and conversations might get off track. And she maybe thinks they're completely wrong, and how does she handle that? So I say to her, you know, let's look at what Jesus did and what God calls us to do. And if we really look at what God calls us to do and what he sent Jesus here to do, he loved, he served, and he offered grace. And so I want us to really think about those things. Keep Meditate on it. Keep thinking in your mind. You know, I need to be loving. I need to love this person, understand their whole story. We just got done learning that with Tina. You know, when we understand, like, I think Sarah's pretty mature when she says um, she understands that her parents weren't even raised in a home of faith. She, it makes sense to her. That's understanding their story, and it helps you offer grace. But, but let's do that and serve. You know, just get busy serving because keep your mind on that. Um, think of Jesus washing the feet, you know, just get busy serving um, being loving, and, and the grace, I, I do believe, will come. But there are some things, some Bible verses that might help you, and one of them is James 1, 5. And I want you to think on this. So it says, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives it generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So honestly, you will find a way to get the answers and the gracious way, a way that doesn't make anyone feel like they're right or wrong. It's just a loving, gracious answer. And God can help you come up with those words. You, you have to stop what you're doing in your mind. You have to settle it down. So in the middle of a conversation at the table with your friends and family, you might literally have to just sort of Check out for a sec, close your mind off, and just say, God, you know, come help me. Help me know how to respond, and it often will come to you. So the gift is discernment. You get discernment when you call on God, and you get the Holy Spirit in you. When you call for help, the Holy Spirit comes in. You get this discernment. This is what I want for you. So the problem is, what do we do when this happens? The the Word tells us we need to do what God wants us to do is love and serve and be gracious And we have to remember when we need right words, when we need something to say, we can call on God who's going to give us the wisdom and the grace to do it without fault. And so ultimately, the last thing, and this is the way the book's all laid out, is then you have a choice. And so you just do what you can. I say choose God every time. If you get stuck in the world, it's going to be that fight back and forth and right and wrong and black and white and just choose love, choose God. And that's what you need to do is what I think. Sarah, so thank you for for offering this call in to us. Let me go ahead and open up another one because I see we still have a little more time. All right. So I'm going to head off to Sam, who is struggling. Let's see, is Sam a man or a woman? I guess it doesn't matter. Who's struggling to forgive a boss who pretty much stole her work and claimed it as her own. Oh, we've been here. Okay, so um, yes, I, I think that this is, difficult to know how to deal with this. Um, You know, we need to, the problem is basically that what? It's robbing us from the opportunity to what? Have an advancement ourselves because now someone else is taking credit or maybe be recognized in a way that we really feel we should have. Maybe it's even lack of respect now for somebody who's in an authority position to you. I mean, you would, that's horrible that your boss would do this, but this happens all the time. I guess I'm, I'm typing here and I think that um, a good Bible verse would be, I'm pulling up Matthew 6.21, and I think forgiving somebody, um, I mean, we've got all kinds of things we can do, like hold them accountable. We can try to 
to redirect them. We can try to tell them what they did and how much it hurt. And I'm assuming that you've probably already done these things. Um, what happens is you either, you need to move on. You can't get stuck in that. If you continue to live in what they did, it's going to consume your life and you're not going to function as well at work. You're going to, like I said, lose respect for that person, which part of you is like, I should. (laughs) And then you're going to, um, you know, be guarded with other great things that you have to offer. There's so many ways that you can protect, um, Get the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say too much. Let's move on to the Bible verse, and then I'll explain more. So um, Matthew 6, 21, it's, where your treasure is, so is your heart. So is your heart wanting to forgive and wanting to prove who is wrong, or are you wanting them to admit or say they're sorry, or are you wanting to get the credit yourself? All these things are legitimate, right? But where is your heart? Is your mind focused on getting those things done? getting due credit, getting them to say sorry, getting all those things. Because when our mind goes to those things, it keeps us away from doing awesome work, God's work, um, raising and elevating. So when we partner with God and we ask him and then we invite him into this and we say, I'm not going to listen to that, really it's things that are opposite of Philippians 4.8. So Philippians 4.8 is whatever is true and noble and right and praiseworthy and excellent. We think about these things. It's written in there that we do this because we know when we start thinking about, I've been sabotaged, um, this person is rotten, blah, 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 our, it keeps our mind busy and we don't have the energy and we don't have the tools to be doing good things that are going to help elevate us. If we can do those things, God stays in us. We're not leaving him to go do the other side of the world, darkness, right? We're staying in God. And when God is with us, he's opening doors. So now all of a sudden, a new door will be open to you. He's making you wise. You're more in tune to the fact that this person could do it again. Go, go, stay with God. Seek his wisdom. Um, other things are like, you could graciously, so remember we talked about all those verses about graciously speaking truth, and you could graciously um, make it known. Maybe the next project you do, you, you specifically in public say, hey, you know, I just finished this project. It's similar to the one I did, and you repeat what you did two months ago that was stolen from you. Don't say anything about who did it, who did what. You just slightly bring it up. You graciously talk about it, and and there are ways that God will open doors and opportunities for all this to come to light. Stick with the light, and everything will come to light. Stick with the dark, and you're going to be heavy and off course and have to be stuck dealing with the consequences of this world. And I do not want that for you. I want you in a place that you're getting help and power. All right. Um, another thing that I want you to think about when we get in these places is just simply knowing when you're caught in this place. I have one more question, but I really want to talk about this. So if you, if you wonder right now, oh, my gosh, am I doing that? Am I stuck in this place? I want you to think about the word help. So if you need help forgiving someone, you can think of H-E-L-P. H is hurting. If you are constantly stuck in this place where you are hurting about it, literally, somebody has done you wrong. It's not of question if what they did was right or wrong. They they were wrong, and um, we can't get hung up on trying to prove it and hung up and trying to make them say sorry. But if we're constantly being hurt over it, we haven't moved on yet. That's a good indicator. The E in there is emotional. So what I want you to think about is we sometimes get fixed on how they hurt us. We get fixed on basing our actions on how we feel. Think of this world today where we've got all these people are personally offended about everything somebody does to them. And um, that is keeping them off course. They're not focusing on what they can do to move forward. They're focusing on how badly they were hurt and how wrong they were treated, and how, I don't know, how, how basically woe is me. And when we're in that place, we just have to be alert to it so we can get our mind off that and start getting into Philippians 4.8 and think about what's positive and true and right and noble. Then the L, H-E-L, the L is letting go. So can you let go? 
Do you keep replaying in your mind the incident over and over again? Oh, I've been here. I've had things, bad things happen to me. I've sometimes done them myself, and that's what happens over and over again. You replay it. That is not good. You're replaying sin over and over and over in your brain. And we have to remember that sin isn't just something that somebody does. It's something that they think on, and and it could be something that has happened to them, and now they're angry about it. So that's sin, to then follow and be angry. So if you're replaying this over and over again, ding, 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 awareness, you're stuck. You're stuck in the wrong that they did, and you're not letting God work in you. You're not staying in the light. You're staying in that dark place. And then the last one is peace. So prove. So what I want you to do is if you find yourself needing to prove they're wrong, it's time to get out. It's time to leave this place because God has so much power. Do you know how much power and, or time and energy it's going to take you to try to prove someone wrong? Well, let me tell you, if you stick with God, He literally is going to be opening doors and closing them. He's going to be putting things to the light and putting things in and, and protecting things. He is going to be more powerful than anything you could ever do. So get in the light. Okay, last, I see there's only two minutes left for me to talk, and I'm not going to get to that last email. I'm sorry, we will bring it to the next one. Thank you for um, emailing anyway, but I want to talk about this coaching tool that I want you guys to all print off and that team is going to be working on. It's called The Doorway to Your Legacy. Um, remember, go to work with me at my website at NikkiKlegel.com. There's a link next to us, and then drop down to freebies or free resources, and then it's in there. But um, And you get on my email list when you sign up for that. So I send a lot of really good and inspiring things on there each week, maybe once or twice a week. But this doorway thing is going to help you see how God is and has and is going to work in your life. Use a pencil so that you can keep erasing or adding to it or print off three, four copies so you can do one now. And then as you're next, in the next um, section of this book, you can do it again. When you're at the end of this book, you can do it again. And you will be surprised to see all that God will do in your life. It talks about things like what have you thought were coincidences, wonderful coincidences in your life and were they? And it has you write them down so you can see, are these coincidences? Or is this God and am I giving him credit? It talks about support that you've had. I think of my husband. What I mean, this man is a man of structure and routine. He he likes to know exactly he's always known exactly how much I've made and how much my paycheck will be every two weeks. I was a director of nursing at a healthcare facility for years and he always knew. I never knew. But he always knew. And now he let me quit my job and start an entrepreneur business where I have no idea how much I'll make or if I even will. Now it's a blessing, but there was a time. So support from a man who I think shouldn't have even had it in him to give it, that's God. There's so much more in this form. I want you to walk yourself through it and use it. And I cannot wait to talk to you next time on Living Life Within the Sweet Spot. Thank you for tuning into Living Within the Sweet Spot. Please join your host, Nikki Klegel, next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until our next program, invite abundance into your life and live a happier, fuller, and more successful life than ever before.